Hello, hello, hello again, all you listeners. Thank you so much for stopping by to Sound Pollution this week. I hope you are doing well. I want to take another second just to quickly apologize about not having an episode last week. I'm dealing with a family emergency. It seems to sort of be settling down now, so we're we're back to normal. Uh, but thank you so much for your patience. This week, I got to interview the talented Kayla Griffin, a country singer-songwriter from Indiana. We are going to be discussing how her father got her interested in music, her inspirations, songwriting process, staying true to yourself, and the stories behind two of her tracks. And of course, we are going to top it off with a little advice. Please make sure you click those links below and show this artist some love. So I have to tell you, before we get into the major, major interview, I always Google everybody. I'm annoying. No, you're fine. And I really hope that this was you and I'm not. I think it was you. I found an interview from you at nine years old in like 2004 singing the national anthem. Was that you? Yes. Shut up. Yeah. Was that the first time you sang in front of a huge group of people? Yeah, well, that was like the biggest crowd when I was nine, um, I would say. But actually, like, I started out singing when I was about, I'd say, more like three with my dad and in, in gospel at churches and events and stuff. So then I had the opportunity to sing the anthem at uh, the Madison Regatta. And a person from the Pacers heard me at the Madison Regatta and said, to my mom, would would she be able to come and sing the anthem for a Pacers game? So I think there was about 20,000 people there that day. Oh, my God. And you were just, li- like, you were itty-bitty. Yeah, yeah. Like, my my family was way up in the nosebleeds, and they were like, you look like a little bitty ant out there in the middle of that, because they were just so far up. Like, that's wild. Did it scare the crap out of you? Like, did you piss yourself a little bit? No, I don't think I did. I gulped. I remember I gulped a little bit because I had like I had a ton of water before I went out there because I was I had the nerves, you know, and I was like, I was like, I need more water. And I remember I get right before that free note and I I gulped real loud. Uh, You can hear it on the recording, but I think I was just excited and nervous because the crowd was just just had so much energy. And I'd never been to an NBA game before. So I was like, whoa. It was cool. Yeah, that is so cool. So, everybody, I am speaking to Kayla Griffin, and uh, we just discussed uh, one of the, the first times she sang in front of, like, a mega audience. So tell everybody a little bit about yourself. I grew up in Austin, Indiana. Went to school there my whole life. Graduated with, I want to say, roughly, like, 84 people. And... uh been playing music and singing my whole life. Started out with my dad in the gospel scene at churches and events with uh, benefits and just pretty much anything and everything locally. And then whenever I was in middle school, I started venturing out and writing my own music and uh, went went more country. So you started singing as obviously as a little girl, because we just discussed you being itty-bitty. Was it your father that got you into music in general, or was it just something that you always kind of felt like you needed to do? 
Well, I really give credit to my dad for that because, I mean, he played music before I was even born and said that every night before him and my mom went to bed, whenever I was in the womb, he would play the guitar and sing to her. So, Aww. yeah, it's a neat little story. Hey everyone, there's a new season of sound pollution coming your way. I know it's been a really rough 18 months and we are not out of the dark yet, but I'm going to keep bringing you new independent artists, their music, and their stories, as well as some updates from fabulous musicians that have been here before. I will be introducing you to the occasional guest co-host this fall as well. Will I find a permanent partner for the show? If you're interested in being a guest musician on Sound Pollution or want to co-host an episode, shoot me a message at soundpollutionpodcast.com or soundpollutionpodcast at gmail.com. Be love and make some noise. So what, what got you interested specifically, I mean, besides, you know, your dad and, and singing and playing with your dad, was there something specifically for you that made you be like, this is what I have to do? I think it was mainly just the, the joy that music brought me and the joy that I, I've seen it bring to other people. Especially whenever I, now that I've expressed myself through my own writing and my own sound, I feel like it's, it tells like a, a, a story, like a real life situation story and it can be relatable, not for everyone. It's not for everyone, but certain people can say, Hey, I've been there and I can relate to that. And then, and then they, they enjoy it. When did you start writing on your own? I was about, 12 when I wrote one of my first songs it was it was kind of a I want to relate it to like a goofy not goofy but more like a sentimental corny Hannah Montana song <laughs> we need to stop aging you <laughs> I was like in 2004 yeah. you're like Hannah Montana <laughs> <laughs> it was like yeah I'm like I want to be like Billy Ray Cyrus and and Miley Cyrus and then I had my dad come in my room with me, and we wrote this little song. I, I try to remember what it was. I have it written down. Uh, I think it was called, like, Goodbye to Yesterday. It was a song about losing someone that you love. And um, you wrote that at 12. Yeah. When did you start performing your own music? I'd say it took me a, it took me a while to actually build the confidence to start singing things that I had written. Because it's kind of scary. You never really, I mean, everybody says, well, be yourself, express yourself. But it's scary to us where we live in. So I was probably, I think I was 19. It was after I graduated. And I'd been writing throughout high school on and off. Mainly my senior year was when it hit. Because I was like my first heartbreak. And I was like, okay. I wrote a song in like 10 minutes about a girl in particular that was supposed to be my best friend that ran off with my who I thought was my boyfriend at the time but apparently we weren't even really dating we were just uh friends (laughs) yeah not much changes after high school does it (laughs) no who are your musical influences oh my main my main musical influence is Miranda Lambert she's my girl her song Tin Man after I had a, like, a really shitty breakup, like, three years ago, made me write a really gut-wrenching song. Like, I can't, I don't know what it is about her. Like, I want to be your friend. I really just want to be your friend. <laughs> I, 
I think we could hang out and be, it would be fine. I feel the same way. I feel like she's so laid back and chill and she's had so many things happen to her. Uh, you know, like a big breakup with a major country artist with like Shelton, you know? And it's like, how does she hold her head so high and, and keep being who she is? And it's just like, she's just inspiring in all ways and her songs tug your heartstrings. Is there any older country artists that speak to you? I have, like, a list of older country artists, but to sum it up, I'd say, like, Johnny Cash. That's the perfect answer. But that's just... I think it's just because, like, he literally came from this gospel background originally. Um, So you kind of related with that because you did as well. Yeah, and, like, his mom seemed to be very, um, you know, spiritual, and my mom is as well, and then it's, like, he started writing, like, when he wrote Folsom Prison, Folsom Prison Blues, excuse me, like, it was more of a realistic song, not so much spiritual, and I started, like, whenever I started writing, I started venturing out and, like, discovering like who I am and like what I wanted to write about like I wanted to write about things I've been through too and I admired him because he wasn't afraid to to talk about the underdog yeah like and that was really really gutsy at the time yeah he was like he was a cool dude absolutely he came from he came from the country did you is I'm well I don't I'm not familiar with Indiana so you're gonna have to help <laughs> Well, I've been across the range like three times to go to the boat, and I was like, yep, nothing here. <laughs> I mean, honestly, there I feel like there's nothing to do in Indiana, mm-hmm. um, not as a whole. Like, you know, if you go to Indianapolis and other places, there's going to be things for you to do. But right here in little old Austin and Scottsburg, Indiana, you're not really going to find much. You drive on down the road a little bit to Jackson County, and you got – cornfields everywhere out by my house like there's cornfields everywhere um I mean I wouldn't say like hey I didn't like grow up on a farm and you know milk cows all day long like everybody thinks but I think that when you write country music it doesn't always necessarily mean that you got to live on the farm and do those do those routines every day Mm -hmm. it's 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 about the music it's storytelling. Do you find that um, writing music with this? I mean, all music is storytelling in a way, but country is really country and folk and Americana, especially, are really, really focused on the storytelling aspect of mm-hmm. the lyrics. Do you do you find that comes easy to you, or is that the harder part for you? I've been through. Everybody's been through a lot in their life. Everybody has a story to tell um but when it comes to me as being a songwriter I didn't wake up one day and say hey I think I'm gonna start writing songs and and uh, telling stories and I'm gonna be a country singer I think it just it just kind of came naturally for me and then the writing part um when it comes to the storytelling it's easy for me because because of the situations I've been through and, and what I've been in and the only way for me to feel better about what I've been through was to write it in poetry and to just get it out there in that, in that music form. And then I'm like, Oh, okay. I feel better now. (laughs) It's very therapeutic. 
did has it helped you get through those hard those hard moments? Absolutely. I actually um, had talked to a therapist, and she told me that writing for anybody, not just for a songwriter, is one of the best medicines that you can do for your mind. Yeah, it is good for you. And and I think I hear a little bit of that in the song. Hope Heaven Has a Radio. Why don't you Why don't you tell us about that song? So that one was a one of them that came pretty easy to me. Um, I lost one of my good friends, and um, he was pretty much like the life of the party. Like I mm-hmm. said in the in one of the lyrics, um, his. His partying was a little bit deeper than what we had seen, though. So we didn't know that he was struggling with other things. Um, right. Until it kind of started surfacing. And and then by that point, it was too late. So I received a phone call that he, he was found um, on the bathroom floor and that he was getting um, transferred to Norton's um, on Easter Day. And he oh passed away that day. He had a four-month-old baby, and he was going to marry um, my friend. And, and was she was also my cousin, too, is my cousin. Um, but it, they, he just had a whole life ahead of him. He was only 25 years old. It was just a tough, tough situation. I thought, well, I was sitting on the back porch one day, and I just started looking up at the sky. It was really pretty outside. And I work at the radio station, so I just gotten off work. And I remember sitting there, and for like five minutes, I just kept saying, "Hope heaven has a radio. Hope heaven has a radio." And I'm like, so then I start googling because I get weird, and I'm like, I'm not stealing this from anyone. So oh my gosh! Google. I'm so glad I'm not the only. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, okay, well, uh. I'd seen I hope heaven has a honky tonk and yeah. <laughs> uh, hope hope heaven has a smoking s- section and I was like okay well hope heaven has a radio's clear <laughs> you're so, good yeah but um and then I just sat back there and just started it just started coming to my mind and I just felt like it literally took me like no time maybe five ten minutes and I just typed it out on my notes on my phone and um I'm like. Then I get super picky because once I write out this, like, you know, these lyrics, then I'm like, okay, this doesn't belong here. This belongs here. This doesn't belong here. This goes here. And then I kind of do that, like, editing thing. And then I was like, all right, I'm done. And then uh, I picked up the guitar, put the music to it, and uh, played it for my mom because that's usually what I do. I go to her and say, hey, tell me what you think. And then, it, yeah, and then I had the opportunity to record it with, James Cook and Kent Slutcher, who play for Luke Bryan. Oh, that's awesome. Look at you go. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I really, really liked that song. I think we all knew somebody like that. And I'm so, so sorry that you lost somebody that way. It's an awful way to lose somebody. To these old town roads It reminds me of you And the places we used to go With every song playing on the radio I don't think 
your songwriting process is like like you feel something you're like I need to get it out then you get like the poetry down and then it's the guitar or is it different every time I'd say it's more different every time it's it's a hard thing to explain it's like some sometimes it can be like a brief thing that just comes to me and I'm like all right I gotta get this out right now I gotta put it down in lyric form and I gotta get music to it and then other things it's just like thinking all right well what 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 do I do next because I have like this really good line or title but I don't know what else to do and then it kind of takes like a longer process so how long have you been playing guitar or as long Since as you've been- about five so 
You, I saw that eye roll. You were like, eh, put it down. <laughs> well, it hurt my fingers so bad. My my dad had bought me a guitar when I was real little, like two or three, and I would just walk all over it. Um, <laughs> I thought it was like a beam, like a balance beam. Yeah, you did. And know. then <laughs> he would he would he would try to teach me, and I remember him pressing my fingers against it, and and my dad never hurt me. But right. My fingers were hurting so bad, and I was like, I hate this. It's this is torture. Pleasant. It's not pleasant. No. And I'm like, I don't like this at all. And then, then I was about eight or nine, and I remember I was watching like Shania Twain on TV, and she was one of our favorites. And then I just started watching more and more different artists, and I seen some of them playing guitar, and I was like. Hey, Dad, I think I'm ready to learn to play guitar now. And he's like, oh, okay. Uh, I'm so excited that you're finally ready. And he's like, you're going to have to deal with the pain. And then I did. I stuck through it, but it, it, it did hurt. It was not a comfortable feeling. No, I, I can't. I can play it I, enough to write. I couldn't play it live because it, I can't get past it. So I get you. And I've had that stupid string come undone and like slice across your hand if you had that one that's my favorite oh no i haven't had that but i'm sure it will happen <laughs> but i i would mess with those knobs when i was a kid the you know uh-huh. the tuning and i would twist them so hard and my dad would be like stop doing that it's gonna bust on you and it's gonna it's gonna hit you in the eyeball and oh. i remember doing it one day and i said no it's not and it it swiped right across my face it barely missed my eyeball but I was like, okay, you were right. I'm not doing that again. You're like, okay, never mind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, tell me about my last cigarette. Because when I tell you I kind of felt the words in my spirit, <laughs> I need to know the story. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I was because no joke. I was like, oh, that motherfucker right there, that guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I met him. I met him. <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, so this one's, like, it was one of my favorite ones to write because I don't know if you can tell in the song, but I was very angry. Yeah, a little bit. And <laughs> I remember writing it plain as day because the guy that I was dating, actually, I had his information to log in on his Facebook because he said, hey, because one, one day we were watching Netflix and he was telling me what the password was and he was like, it's blah, blah, blah. I use it for everything. Well, first of all, don't tell a female that you use oh. that for everything. Oh, no, because we'll turn into an FBI agent. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he had went off um, to college and I remembered that that saying, hey, this is what I use for everything, because something wasn't quite right that night, and I was like, okay, like, there's something going on, and, and I felt like something, like, in my gut was telling me something wasn't right, so I log in on, on his Facebook Messenger, and I'm watching this conversation between him and a female, and she's on his way over to his apartment at college, uh. and I was like, are you kidding me? And I just remember my lips quivering, and I actually grabbed an actual cigarette and 
went outside and was like a freight train. And I was at my grandpa's house because my mom and dad's house didn't have Wi-Fi. So uh, my papa, like, you know, he's like, he's an ex-smoker. So he's like, you smell like a cigarette. And I was like, yeah, I'm I'm really peed off right now and I need to get my feelings out. So I remember I, that was a song I wrote in like five, ten minutes too because I remember looking at that cigarette and I was like, putting you out like a bad habit, last cigarette, putting it out, done. And then I just started coming up with all kinds of different things that had happened. And I'm like, okay, I, I, I just did this because I'm angry. So I don't show my angry side and get called crazy. So I made it into a song. Till my hands gave out You're doing whatever you wanna Whenever you wanna No, you'll be okay As long as you've got E&J And you're smoking marijuana Is this really what you wanted? Like it's my last cigarette 
Do you prefer songwriting or performing more? Oh, that's a tough one. So I really enjoy performing, um, especially whenever you receive, like, energy back. So, like, a few queued up shows that I've gotten to do in Louisville, like, I got to open up for Gabby Barrett last year before the pandemic. During the pandemic, I got to open up for Jimmy Allen. Recently, a few weeks ago, I got to open up for Tenille Art. She's on tour with Lady Annabellum right now. So, I mean, it's been like when when you're at those shows and I've got like a great support system and fan base from Scott County as a whole, they usually show up for those shows and I feel like I can just get loose and just put it out there. Um, some shows aren't like that necessarily. They're more laid back and, you know, a strong request and, you know, here and there. Um, those are more shows where I like play a little bit more of songs I've written because I'm like, well, you know, I've got time to put a little bit more out there and get feedback on them. But I kind of like writing more, I would say, just because it's the storytelling for me and getting feelings out there on that piece of paper or in the notes on my phone and, and in a music form. Uh, do you have any shows coming up? Right or? now, I really only just have, I know that there's a benefit on October 10th in Austin for a dear friend of mine who um, has been in the hospital. She had a stroke. I know. Um, unexpectedly. So we're going to be doing that on October 10th at the Austin VFW for her. There is going to be a show at the parlor in New Albany in December, and I'll be announcing that date as soon as we get everything situated. And then next year, all through the year from basically January to December, I'll be booked in the surrounding areas, but mainly all over Indiana as a whole, and maybe a few in Louisville and a few in Cincinnati. So, Do you have any social media you want to shout out real quick? Yes. Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook music pages I have are all at Kayla Griffin, and it's K-A-Y-L-A-G-R-I-F-F-E-N, not I-N. A lot of people put in an I-N, but mine is with an E-N. And the final question, and this is this is the hard one. What advice would you give somebody who wants to get into music? The advice I would give would be to stay true to yourself. Don't let anybody use, abuse, and take advantage of you or take you for granted. Know where you are standing with people that are in your circle that you give credit where it's due. Mm-hmm. and don't let anybody take advantage of your work and the things you create and your talent. It's very important that you express who you are, and I know it's hard. I struggle with, oh, my gosh, people say this and that, and they don't like me, but there's always going to be someone that don't like you. You can't please everybody and get that out of your head and just get it out there. Tell us the story. Yeah, we need more authentic musicians. Which Absolutely. Is- which is why I love independent musicians so much because they can do, they're a little more free to say and do, they're not so encumbered by that major label. Yeah, yeah. Like you don't have to be someone you're not, um, not every label I would say would be like that necessarily. Okay. But you're not taken for, um, like I'm really not into like 
somebody came up to me and was like, how much money are you making? And I said, is that a necessary question? I'd have been like, and how much money are you making? Yeah. And it's like some people think that you really like, just because you have music that you're putting out there, that you're going to be a millionaire and a celebrity and a famous artist. And it's not all about that. If you are really in it for the music, I mean, yeah, you got to pay your bills. Of course. But at the same time, you've got to be passionate about what you're doing and you got to be happy about it. And some people don't understand that. So if you're an independent artist wanting to express yourself through the creativity of music, I just say, do you and forget the people that are not in your circle that support you. Just focus on you. Yeah, because haters going to hate. I think I say that about every other episode. Hater, haters are. They're, they're just going to. They're just there. And usually it's because they're jealous. I mean, yeah, like, I literally have had to, like, just block my mind from people that have had negative responses to me um, or even block on social media because I am like, okay, I have I have to have a clear mindset for what I'm doing and you're, yeah. what you're saying and what you're posting and what you're doing is a distraction to me. And that's okay. If you need to block people that, that don't support you, block them. Girl, I'd block family. I don't care. I'll burn a bridge. <laughs> Oh my gosh, don't get me started. I do <laughs> Literally working on lyrics for that. So TMT. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny because you, like, if you start doing, you know, like the cool opportunities that I got to do last year, like, yeah, that's super great. Yeah. Um, it, it was, it was an honor to be able to do those. But you notice some people that literally haven't talked to you in years when you're on, like, they, they don't talk to you whenever you're, like, at the, like, you're in your valley, you know, but you start climbing on this mountain, and, and you're not even at the top of it yet, but then they start coming out of the woodwork, and you're, like, getting messages and phone calls, and I'm, like, uh, who is this? Or, or you get these people that you thought were your people that have nothing but horrible things to say. Absolutely. You're, like, wait a minute. You know, my, my favorite thing, and I heard it with music, and it's true, I never made it, but, and I, and I heard it, I hear it with this podcast, I hear, you know, nothing's ever going to come of it. Well, no, nothing will ever come of it if I sit on my ass and I don't try. Exactly. And Let's, you listen to the negativity. Right. No, I've got things to do. Absolutely. I agree 100%. And I've, you know, I've learned more of that in literally the two years of my life. I've learned so much more than I have yeah. in the 24 other years. Um, do you have anything else that you would like my listeners to know about you? No, just to keep listening listen to your podcast, and it's awesome. been really nice meeting you. Nice meeting you, too. All right, I want to take this opportunity to thank Miss Kayla Griffin again for being on the show. I appreciate you. I hope that you know that you are welcome to come back at any time. I am also still very much considering a co-host, so if you're interested, please shoot me an email at soundpollutionpodcast at gmail.com or PM me on any of Sound Pollution's many, many social media pages. Or you can contact me at the website, which is soundpollutionpodcast.com. Get out there. Be love. Make some noise. See you next week.